So now we're going into the summer and spring's months. So B'nai has started making what we call an early Shabbos. So really the entire year round, there's a mitzvah of Tesefah Shabbos, of adding on to the time of Shabbos, adding on an extra time. During the winter, we fulfill that mitzvah with a very minute amount of time. During the summer months, we make an early Shabbos, we have a much more, we fill that mitzvah with much more um, extended amount of time. When we're making an early Shabbos, we're accepting upon ourselves Shabbos earlier than, than, than sunset. You're doing two things. At that point, you're infusing the Friday afternoon, your late Friday afternoon with the Kedusha, the holiness of Shabbos. And at that point, once you, um, once you accept Tesefah Shabbos, the extra time of Shabbos, as Shabbos in all respects, both in regards to the um, restrictions of Shabbos and both in regards to the mitzvahs that you can fulfill on Shabbos, you can make Kiddush at that point, is for Shabbos for all practical purposes. How does the person accept upon themselves early Shabbos? So one way a person can accept upon themselves early Shabbos is verbal declaration. I am accepting upon myself Shabbos. Um, if a woman lights candles, that is considered to be, she's accepting upon herself Shabbos. If a person's in shul, by the time we get up to the end of L'chadaydi, the conclusion of L'chadaydi, is considered to be an acceptance of Shabbos. All these things are considered to be an acceptance of Shabbos at that point. Now it is Shabbos for all practical purposes. Aside from when an individual accepts upon themselves Shabbos, the person says they're accepting upon themselves Shabbos, um, or someone's in shul and they um, say the end of L'chadaydi, or they, if they missed Kabbalah Shabbos and they begin davening Meir, all those things that you said are acceptance of Shabbos. There's also a concept called Greira. Greira means that when the community as a whole accepts upon themselves Shabbos, the individual in the community, everyone is obligated in Shabbos at that point, even those who did not actually accept upon themselves Shabbos. Today we'll discuss the sources and the parameters of halacha, where it applies, how it applies, when it applies, maybe Norfolk's unique situation, halachic situation, again to the various halachas of greira, of, of a community accepting upon themselves Shabbos as a whole. The, the source of halacha is a teisefta, mesefta, sukkah, that discusses the various shofar blasts they used to have late on Friday afternoon. And the teisefta said they used to have um, a, set, a couple of sets of shofar blasts, and the end of the last set of these shofar blasts, at that point it became Shabbos for everyone in that city, even though it was still before sunset. Once that shofar blast signified that the entire city is accepting upon themselves of Shabbos, and now it came, everyone in the city was obligated to observe Shabbos at that point. What power does that have, those shofar blasts have, to create Shabbos? So understanding behind this idea is that a community as a whole has the ability to undertake various halachic obligations. The community has the ability to undertake minhagim or to observe a specific mitzvah. It's not an idea specific to, unique to Shabbos. It's a really idea we find all over the place. For example, if um, it's very clear in halacha, if you go to a place where they have a certain standard of sneers, even though standards have no basis in halacha, but they take upon themselves a higher standard of sneers. If you go to Kiris Yol, someone moves into Kiris Yol, even if you have to dress, the wife would have to dress like women in Kiris Yol dress. Even if those halacha, even those standards aren't things that are way above the basic halacha. That's the community accepted upon themselves. That's how they observe sneers. Then everyone's obligated in that. So, if once the Shofar was blown in a city, and they're saying, we are now accepting upon ourselves Shabbos. Everyone in, the, in that community, everyone in that city, is obligated to observe Shabbos. It's the power of a community has to, um, to, do, to, to make such an obligation. And that applies even if you're not particularly interested in that obligation. It wouldn't make a difference. You're part of that community. You are forced into that. Based on this Tesefta, the Mordecai says, today, we don't have shofar blasts. We don't, we don't blow the shofar late on um, Friday afternoon. However, we do have other ways where the 
community as a whole accepts upon themselves Shabbos. Either they start davening Mayrav, that's considered accepting upon themselves Shabbos, they do that before sunset. Or, if they get to the end of Lechadodi, which we said before is um, is a Kabbalah Shabbos, if one of the shul does that, so that's the community as a whole, is accepting upon themselves Shabbos, now becomes Shabbos for everyone, even those not in the shul, who are part of that community. Why don't they go to shul for anymore? That's something people still do. What? Why don't they go to shul for like, you know, yeah, a Yeah, Where it's a Jewish place, why can't they go to shul? Why that minnow not exist anymore? Good question. I don't know. But that's be as it may. Right okay. But the Mordechai said that as soon as the Tzibur accepts upon themselves Shabbos in Shul, that's the entire congregation comes and they do something which is an acceptance of Shabbos, now becomes Shabbos for everyone in the community, similar to the shofar blasts mentioned in the Taisefta, and that becomes binding on everyone in the community, whether they're interested in it or not. And this halacha is brought in Shulchan Aruch. This halacha, when you're in a community and the shul accepts upon the Shabbos, it now becomes Shabbos for everyone. The question is, how to apply this to our contemporary early Shabbos that we're making? So, one possible object, objection raised by Moshe Feinstein to comparing this to our early Shabbos, he wants to say that the case discussed in the Mordechai, the case discussed in the scenario of the Sefta, were intrinsically different. He wants to suggest, maybe, he's not, he doesn't say it with certainty, he says, maybe that whole idea that a community as a whole can accept upon themselves certain obligations and obligate everyone else in that as well, that is when they're coming to do it for the sake of a mitzvah. They're coming to do it in Mordechai's case or Tzaysefta's case, they're doing it because they want to add on Kedusha to Friday, the Kedusha to Shabbos to Friday afternoon, or they accepted upon themselves Shabbos a certain amount of time before so no one would come to inadvertently violate actual Shabbos. There's stopping Malacha early just to make sure no one comes. In this case, those cases, someone's doing it at the mitzvah. They're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. Then we say that that mitzvah is obligated in everyone. If you happen to be accepting upon yourself Shabbos, as Moshe says, we do it now, our early Shabbos in the summer month, it's done purely out of convenience, he says, because the proof is that no one does it during the winter. No one's going an hour before Shabbos starts in the winter and being Kabbalah Shabbos at 3.30 in the afternoon. No one's doing that. He said, we're not doing it for the mitzvah. We're doing it because convenience. You don't want to have a late suda on Friday night. And therefore, Moshe says, maybe this whole idea that's brought down from the Rishonim, that a community accepts upon the Shabbos, that's binding on everyone, wouldn't apply to our, um, our contemporary early Shabbos we make during the summer months. It's not so simple to really uh, rely on this Moshe for a couple of reasons. First of all, Rav Moshe himself, at least in the tshuva, did not leave off conclusively that you can rely on that. He says, Sarachin. He doesn't leave a firm conclusion. He's not sure about it. He suggests the idea, but he doesn't, in, in the tshuva, the written tshuva, he does not leave off with a firm conclusion. Um, additionally, there are many parts who argue on this idea of Moshe. They come from a couple of different angles. Same basic idea is that, first of all, even if you do not mean to do it for the um, for the for the reason of adding on holiness to your Friday afternoon, or you're doing it, uh, or you're not doing it for those reasons. Bottom line, Tzefes Shabbos is a mitzvah, and the community is now doing this mitzvah. Do we don't necessarily look at the intent of every, of why everyone's coming to do this mitzvah? Bottom line, they're doing the mitzvah Tzefes Shabbos, and that maybe would suffice to obligate everyone else in that mitzvah as well. Even though they're not doing it for this great holy reason, they're doing it for convenience. Maybe that would also, the bottom line doing the mitzvah, that would also obligate everyone. Another um, angle that some place can point out is that... The mitzvah also, huh? Shabbos. That's the thing, the mitzvah takes after Shabbos. They're doing that mitzvah, even that... There's also, and then they're also taking, there's also now Shabbos because of that. 
Right, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. This is the doing it and to become Shabbos, that is the mitzvah, it's a Shabbos. And since it's the doing a mitzvah, that mitzvah is binding on everyone. So is it better that we're not doing it for, He's saying that may, maybe that doesn't have the maybe that you can't force other people into that when you're not doing it for a mitzvah. I mean, I, I know it's, uh, you're fulfilling the mitzvah. If what? We're doing it because it's convenient. So that's interesting. Okay, we don't find the idea that you can. That, uh, I was wondering, but you can, we don't think like, okay, we're going to decide we're, we're accepting Shabbos only on the people who are in Shul. It's an interesting idea. I thought about that. I haven't seen anyone who mentions that idea. So presumably it's going to be, if we're going to look at it as either going to look for Ramesh's possible suggestion that he says that if it's not for the specific mitzvah to say Sefer Shabbos, then it doesn't, it's not binding. Or the other person pointing out, by one, you are doing the mitzvah to say Sefer Shabbos. We don't necessarily care what your intent in that mitzvah is. You're doing the mitzvah, and we find that mitzvahs can be binding on the entire community. Additionally, other points can point out that even when people you know, were doing it at a convenience of eating early, we also, I think everyone's here happy to be in the mitzvah of Tesefah Shabbos, of extra Tesefah Shabbos. So we are also doing, having intent for the mitzvah of Tesefah Shabbos. It's not just like, you know, a byproduct. We're, we're during the winter. It's too hard. It's this, it's that. You know, there's various reasons why maybe we don't do it. But everyone's very happy to be in the mitzvah. So maybe it's also like we have intent for the mitzvah of Tesefah Shabbos. Another reason why some parts can want to disagree with Ramesha and say that, that the, uh, the, the early Shabbos we make is binding on everyone in the community. So we'll, get, we'll, we'll define communities later, how you define communities, and we'll get to that maybe a little, a little later. Um, bottom line, since Ramesha did not leave off as a firm conclusion, he says, okay, and additionally, the other place, there are many places who argue in Ramesha, it seems like that that's the reason why Heber says we should everyone stop Malachi at 720. Not, we're not relying on this idea, Ramesha's not sure about it, other places can disagree with it. Um, if someone is stuck you know, driving in from out of town, and you're going to get, get here at 10 minutes before sunset or something like that after Shul Shabbos, then ask a shayel, because then, then some, some place can will say, go with Ramesha under those circumstances. Under normal circumstances, we're going to say, follow the basic halacha brought down in Rishayim, brought down in Shulchan Aruch, that at the time that the Shul gets to the end of L'Chadedi, at that point, it is now Shabbos for everyone in the community. You have to ask a shayel for that? If you're stuck coming in and it's 10 minutes before Shabbos, I'm just saying that there, there is there is a room there is a basis for leniency from your Vaisha where and when you can say that ask ask a child based on don't do that yourself. The big question comes up is how do we define a community? How do we define a city? Or to ask the provocative question, there is another minion in, in Norfolk. Chabad makes a minion that's um, that that makes Shabbat, they start Shabbat at the regular time at uh, at sunset. Are we considered this one community, two communities? This is everyone's fourth after B'nai. Why? Why is that? Let's, let's go through a little bit the sources for that. Why? What is the status of Norfolk in terms of the considered one community, two communities? So the Magen Avram on this halacha that says that that a entire city is forced after um, is forced to begin Shabbos when the shul begins Shabbos says that's for a city that has one shul. But if you have lots of shuls, each shul does its own individual thing and. Each shul, you can have a later minion in one shul and an early minion in another shul, and that later minion is fine. The people down in the, uh, who, are, who are part of that later minion don't have to begin Shabbos with the earlier minion. Says the Machsa Shekel, comment, commenting on that Mugan of Rome, he says that applies to people who usually daven in the second shul. But if you usually daven in the shul that makes the earlier minion, 
then you go after your shul, you usually daven it. That's the Maksha Shekel says on the Magan Zon's comment that we don't apply so many shul, to play city with many shul, he says, but each individual is going to go after the shul they daven in. Amongst the Paiskim, there are two ways really of understanding this Maksha Shekel. Either can understand it in a very simple way. The guy lives in New York, there are 10 shuls within 10 minutes of his house, and since there are many shuls, whichever shul he usually davens in, if they have one minion, he's going to be stuck with that minion. Whenever that minion makes Shabbos, that's when he is obligated to make Shabbos. That's one way of understanding, in a very broad sense, understanding the Machsa Shekel. There's another way of understanding the Machsa Shekel that, no, no, in that case, where there's tons of shuls and you happen to daven in this one, even the Machsa Shekel might agree that you're not obligated with that shul. It's referring to a, uh, a place where you have individual kahilos. You have not 10 shul within 10 minutes of your house. There's an Ashkenazi shul in your town. There's a Sephardi shul in your town. Maybe there's a Hasidic shul in your town. So these are individual kihilas, individual communities we'll look at. Then we say you go after the one that you are part of. But let's say you're, you're living in New York and there are 10 shul and they're all diving the same nusuk and there. Maybe this one is this type of rov, that type of rov, a little earlier, a little dive, a little, a little earlier, later, faster, slower. These little types of differences won't make this aren't going to define a, a separate kihila. I'm sorry, you have your shul that has too many on if you're sure to me, I'm so that's a separate, yeah. That's all that. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking about each shul has one minion. Like, that that's, is one sheet that says not like that, but most, most places can say that's okay. That's why if you look in New York, everyone does that. Okay. But, um, but there's, so, there's two ways of saying the Machta Shekel. Either he's saying that you're, that doesn't make a difference, that as many, as many shuls are in the neighborhood, you go after your particular shul, or you're saying that, you know, even in that case, um, there's some people want to say a much more narrow understanding of Nach- Shekel, and he's referring to it specifically when they're individual kihilos. Then you go after your individual kihilo. And I was applying this to Norfolk. If you go with the first understanding of Shekel, it's very clear. Almost everyone, I think everyone in this room, davens here, usually. And since you would usually daven in B'nai, you are going to go after B'nai's time for making Shabbos. The fact that there happens to be another minion in town is irrelevant to us. Even if you go after the second understanding in the Machta Shekel, that... We're, that we look at individual kihilos, it's the same thing over here. In Chabad is a separate kihilo from us. We have our own kihilo, so to speak. We're really our own community almost. And the fact that Chabad happens to have another minion, again, following that, either interpretation of the Machta Shekel would, um, would say that we are all part of B'nai's kihilo, we're not part of Chabad's kihilo. And therefore, according to any way of understanding Machta Shekel, it would come out that in Norfolk, you have to begin us who are part of B'nai, would have to begin Shabbos at the time that B'nai accepts Shabbos. So if you were diving there at night, that's a <coughs> tricky question. Ask the child then. That's a discussion what to do in that case. Um, therefore, again, once B'nai accepts Shabbos, everyone has to stop doing Malacha. That applies to you, applies to your wife, applies to your kids. So if you're driving and you see it's getting closer to the time where 720 would accept Shabbos, don't drive. Walk that week. If your wife hasn't lit candles at that point, she may get a non-Jew to do it, but once it's ready to become Shabbos, she can't light candles, etc., etc. All Malachah has to be completed. Let's say you, you come to Shul, and you walk in Shul, and you get them a minute for the end of Lechadeidi, you go there, and you put down your keys, and you hear them saying, Bye, Bishalom. now it's Shabbos. You didn't have Mincha yet. What do you do? So usually, we say once a person accepts Shabbos upon themselves, they cannot daven Mincha. In this case, where you did not actually accept Shabbos, you just were dragged after the communal acceptance of Shabbos, we say you can't do Mulacha, but you may daven Mincha. However, you cannot daven Mincha in the room where, they're, where they already accepted Shabbos. So very practically, if you, in that case we just described, where you walked in and you hear them saying the end of Lechadaydi, and you didn't daven Mincha, you come to this room and you daven 
and you daven mincha. You can't daven mincha in the shul where they have already accepted Shabbos. You can daven mincha in a, another room. What? L'chumro, it's Shabbos. That's the way the Chashofen said it. We treat it for Shabbos. Look, you can't use that the other way out of Mincha. You have to have Mincha still, but... Yeah. This idea all is true when you are... Um, okay, when you're in a small community like ours. Let's say you are in a larger community. You're in New York and multiple shuls, multiple minyanim. You're, da- you're part of a shul that Davins has three minyanim on Friday night. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not obligated in any one of those minyanim. But you happen to be, this particular week, davening by the early minion in that shul. Right? So you're, you have no obligations to any of the minyanim. You can daven wherever you want. But this particular week, you happen to be choose to daven by that minion. And you go, early Shabbos, and you daven, now Kabbalah Shabbos with that minion. What is the status of your wife and children in that case? Are they, do they have to follow your, what you just did, except their early Shabbos? So, comes along the from the Achreinim, the Primagodim, and other Achreinim, and they want to say, the same way we have this idea that a community can accept Shabbos, and that binds, that binds, it makes a binding on everyone in the community to, uh, to observe Shabbos now, to observe this Mitzvah, Tzav Shabbos, so the Primagodim, so we're going to look at essentially as a family, as a microcosm of a small community. A family also can have a, a situation where the family as a whole now has to accept Shabbos. In a community, we're going to go after when the community as a whole accepts Shabbos. When would we view it in a family? So the price can we view it when the head of the household accepts Shabbos. Whenever the head of the household accepts Shabbos, now that became that the fam- this family, this community, family, so to speak, right, like, like their own small community, accepts Shabbos upon themselves, that would be when the head of the household ex- accepts Shabbos. So the father is in shul, and he says, finishes Lechodaydi, according to these achreinim, you would now be the end, uh, would now be, um, th- that would now be um, binding on the rest of the family, the wife and the children in the family, to accept Shabbos as well. Same mitzvah, Shabbos, and we can have a communal level, we can have it on a family level. However, this idea is somewhat controversial. There's a couple of, quite a couple of reasons to argue on it. A couple of reasons to play this First of all, this jump that we're saying that just because a community can accept Shabbos and make a binding on everyone, to say that a family had the same status that they can do individually within the family is somewhat of a chadish. I mean, Prima Gautam says it, but it's there are Paiskim who want to argue on that idea and say that a family is not similar to a community. That's one, one, one way of arguing on this. A second way of arguing on this, where Maisha says, Maisha said, in the same way, same way by a community, he was said maybe we would say that, that, that only binding on the members of the community when they're doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. So by community, he says, maybe. By a husband and wife, he says, for sure, the, the, any power the, the husband has to make, uh, to make mitzvahs binding on his wife, that's only where he's doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. But Ramesh said, he's doing it again, he's doing it just because he wants to have uh, an early suda that night. Under those circumstances, um, Ramesh says, he's, very, he's much more conviction this time, that in those circumstances, the wife is for sure not bound by her husband's Kabbalah Shabbos. What? According to, uh, according, yeah, according, according, yeah if, again, if you're in a place where you're not bound by the community anyways. Ramesh is saying that under that, although those circumstances, since the husband's not doing it for the sake of the mitzvah, he's doing it for the, he's doing it for convenience, Ramesh says what the husband does is not binding on the wife or children. And the idea is controversial. The Primagadim himself does seem to go with it. Other, Achim Dugo, Achoshokhan, seems to say we do say it on a, a, a wife is bound by her husband, or a lady. Other person do go with it. On the other hand, 
for the reasons we mentioned, place can argue. Therefore, under those circumstances, again, if you're if you're in Norfolk, it's not relevant. If you're in a larger city, and the question is, if your wife bound by your early Shabbos, that everyone has to ask their own Shiloh, different abundant will give you different sack for that. Very, this is very less one final point that various places can point out that even if you're going to be lenient under the circumstances that husband go to shul and the wife can continue doing malacha, they say once the husband comes home for shul, everything should be done. Uh, to have a husband walk in and his wife is still, like, he's ready to with him for half an hour and, his, and she's still lighting candles, that is something that shouldn't be done. Faith can say that to be Zion. And, and even those who are lenient in that case to say that the wife can continue to do malacha after her husband accepts Shabbos would agree that she has to be done before the husband comes home.